Welcome to Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba. The programming that you're about to see was taped earlier this year. Clearly, so much has changed since then, and unfortunately, a lot of uncertainty and fear remain. However, the issues and the topics raised in this edition of Lessons in Leadership will still matter once we get through these very challenging and difficult times. So without further ado, Lessons in Leadership. Welcome to Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Adubato. You can see it right there. With the lovely and talented, my colleague Mary Gamma, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Especially when you introduce me like that, it's a good day. Well, that's because your review is coming up and I wasn't going to give you the money you expected. That being said, I'm Steve Adubato. <laughs> this is in Lessons in Leadership. Look at all these wonderful, uh, this is part of our leadership library, a whole range of books beyond my book, Lessons in Leadership. There are other great books here. We'll be plugging them throughout these series. Before I introduce the uh, very lovely and talented and outspoken young lady we have on this edition of Lessons in Leadership, uh, Michelle Adabara, the CEO of the North Ward Center, and my older sister. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. So she's uh, you sure are joking. Age, we're twins. So the, uh, Mary, tell folks where they can find us. Absolutely. They can find us on our website, stand-deliver.com. Also on Facebook, Steve Adubato, PhD. That's A-D-U-B-A-T-O. And they could actually subscribe to us on Apple Podcast and on Google Play. But there's more than that. We're also being found these days on the AM 970. Those are our partners in New York at the great radio station in Lower Manhattan on Wall Street. Find us on their website, AM 970, plus Fios On Demand, R-O-I-N-J, as well as New Jersey Business and Industry Association site and other places. We're going to be all over soon. And our funders are? They are uh, New Jersey Resources and Prager Metis. We thank them very much. As Prager well Metis, as one of the great accounting firms. They sure are, absolutely. And RWJ Barnabas Health, we would like to thank them as well. Great stuff. So let me introduce on uh, Lessons in Leadership, my talented and very outspoken and strong younger sister, Michelle Adubato, who is the CEO of the Northward Center. How are you doing? Good. Very good. You like and this? I'm going to get in big trouble if I don't say also the founder of the Center for Autism. Nice. Yeah. And Part can we plug a website as well for the Center for Autism? Would you like to do that? Um, www.centerforautism.org. And the Northward Centers? Is, help me, help me. Northwardcenter.org. Wow, that's really a lot. You so have I have to people for that. Have, oh, <laughs> let me, let's get right into this. I love it. Have you always... I can't remember. Have, you can't either, so don't listen, I don't, don't remember put, anything. Here's my question. People, your people. People. Are they your people, right? Meaning mm -hmm. you want to mold them into what you yeah. believe they need to be the best team. Because, by the way, that's what lessons and leadership is all about is learning. Are they, because mm -hmm. you are highly intense as I am, have ridiculously mm. high standards, uh, do not suffer fools lightly, and are impatient. I wonder where we got that from. <laughs> Certainly our dad. Yes, yeah, Steve Senior, who is the founder of the Northwest Center. In all seriousness, do you find that it's challenging being as high-powered, type A, high standards, no BS, no excuses, and that's all meant to be a compliment in all seriousness, mm -hmm. and others who don't live that way? Yeah, it, it sure is, because... You know, what happens is you want to be, you have to be your best self at all times, meaning you, who you are as a leader. And, you know, the problem is that you also have to find where people belong. What does that mean? You have to find where they fit. That Jim and Collins, you, a book right in front of you, absolutely. he talks about putting the right people in the right seats Very important. on the bus. Go ahead. Very important. Uh, because one of the things, like, someone could be very talented in a certain area, but if they don't fit what you need them to do, it's not going to work. 
So I think, you know, I've evolved, hopefully, as a leader. From what to what? Well, I was, uh, yeah, intense is a good word. I think I still <laughs> am intense. But I do take a moment. I'm going with passionate. Yeah. You're passionate. I, I do take a moment now to say, you know, the people that I have around me are trying their hardest. Because sometimes I think we would all be like, you know, you're just not doing enough. Why can't you do this? And it's like, first you have to come from a place of these are really good people mm. who are really trying to do their best. Now, my role then, I think my role has changed because coming from like a, a macro, a micromanager. By the way, describe people, your background before you became into the, came into the CEO position of the North Ward Center, celebrating its 50th yes. anniversary, which is a big year. 2020? 2020. That's right. This will be fifth, heard and seen in 2020. That's amazing. That's amazing. That is amazing. Right? It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Before you came back to the organization our dad started yeah. 50 years ago. Right. You were a leader where? So I was a principal for a long time at New Jersey Regional Day School. I spent 20 over, about 25 years in North Public School System. That gets you ready. <laughs> that certainly How gets so? you ready. Because you're dealing with, I think, a group of people that, um, you know, we want to say, want to do the right thing, but maybe their uh, knowledge base is definitely mixed. And you have to try to do your best with what you have. And um, you don't have the ability to just kind of maneuver. And that's like a huge thing that you need to do, which where I am now at uh, the Northward Center is, uh, you know, my ability to do that. So the Northward Center, again, has been around for 50 years and it's a multi-service nonprofit. Uh, started out with preschool, started out with youth leadership development. We have over 700 preschoolers. Uh, Abbott Preschool. We have a private preschool. We have the largest youth leadership development program in the city of Newark. Mm. Uh, we have Casa Israel Adult Medical Day Programming. Uh, we have family services. Um, we also, my father also founded uh, Robert Treat Academy. A which charter is, school. Uh, Blue Ribbon Charter School. Uh, Blue Recognized Ribbon. nationally. Absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting. Uh, by the way, if you want to find out more about well, Michelle and I making reference to our father, Steve Adubato Sr., right. you should Google Steve Adubato Sr. A lot of interesting things will come up. Yeah. But I, I write a lot about uh, our father in my book, Lessons in Leadership. That's where the name of this right. show came from. And there's a lot of very candid stuff about his leadership style, which um, I'll give you the opportunity to describe. Because I often do this with Mary, and I think she thinks I'm exaggerating or you know engaging in hyperbole. Describe the leadership style of our dad, both that, at home, at home. Is that a work. style? Would you consider that a style? Okay, what would you call think, I don't think you can put it in a book. Well, I did put it in you a book. You put it like for a couple of pages and you glossed over it because it's not, it was not a style. Okay, what did we learn about life and leadership growing up, I think, which I has think influenced who you are as a leader today? Absolutely, but it also Same influenced here. me on things that I shouldn't do. I'm so, I said that you in know, the so, book. Go ahead. So I think the biggest takeaway we can take from our dad in terms of leadership is at high standards. Like, definitely, it has to be the best. Good isn't good enough. How do you get good to great? And that's really the challenge. Um, the, the passion, the mission, the focus. I think the things that... How about the yelling? Uh, the yelling doesn't help. <laughs> um, Tell us more. What, <laughs> so 
I think what I learned from my dad in terms of leadership, again, the good things are, again, the passion and the focus and the mission-driven purpose. And the vision, purpose. too. Having a vision, vision is, nobody else even sees, much less yes. buys into. And that's what I call the curse. I have what? the curse of vision. Why is it a curse? Because, it's a good thing you, as a leader. Because sometimes you see things before it happens, and it's almost unfair to the people around you because I start in mid-sentences, and they're like, what? I'm like, okay, now we're going to go here. Hold on a second. I call that connecting the dots. Mary's yeah. like, what dots? He Mary, yeah. Mary's, mm -hmm. Mary connects the dots and she sees dots I don't see. Mm -hmm. She says it's a curse. It is a curse. Any great visionary, any great leader, and I understand mm -hmm. completely what you're saying. Once you have that great, grandiose idea, then you have to get people to follow Absolutely. and you have to get people to believe in it and buy there into it, it and get it done. And the hardest thing is getting the right people on board to get that done for you and yep. to see it from your perspective as well. Will the they other ever? thing is, and that's, that's the key, Mary, because if it's just your vision and you can't share, and I think that was kind of like where my father lacked. When you have somebody like that, that is so um, overbearing and over, you know, powerful, is that sometimes the people around just will shut down. Right. Mm. And that's what I don't want. And it actually is very upsetting to, you know, when I'll, I'll be in meetings and I'm like, I do question myself and say, why am I the only one talking right now? You know, mm -hmm. are you not hearing me? Is it not connecting? So I, I do a lot of, you know, um, self-reflection. Yeah. Um, so I, I can say, you know, I, I make mistakes, as we all do. Mm. Um, are you a micromanager? Yeah, absolutely. But I, I've tried to really, uh, you know, kind of walk away from that in terms of micromanaging. And what I've realized is you can't be in my, after a certain point. I call it strategic you, micromanaging. Pick your spots. Yeah, but you, you know, if you do that all the time, you're either going to wind up in the hospital yeah. or you're going to have the high blood pressure through the roof and, and no one uh, mm. will continue the vision because it's much more than myself. You backed off. And then people yeah, won't have. believe, well, yeah, no, I was going to say people won't believe in themselves. If you're constantly right there, it's almost like raising a child. If you're yeah, constantly, absolutely. and Steve and I talk about the this a lot. Yeah. If you're there to save them all the time, if you're there to uh, tell them how to do something half of the time before they've even begun it, it definitely causes them to question their own ability Absolutely. to get things done on their own. Yeah. By the way, uh, Michelle's talking about self-reflection. This book by Daniel Goleman, Daniel Goleman, Dr. Yeah. Daniel Goleman, I, I'm a big fan of because he writes, he coined the phrase, quote unquote, emotional intelligence. And I talk about him a lot because emotional intelligence to me is a lot of things, but the one thing I know it is is knowing yourself and being very self-reflective. Is it any more difficult to be a strong leader in an organization where there's such a strong legacy of your father yes. as a CEO, not just your uncle or your cousin right. or a distant relative? Go ahead. Uh, absolutely, but I came in with uh, a lot of tools. I came in with, as the founder of the Center for Autism, I came in with an excellent reputation of managing and leading. Do you often think, what would Steve Senior do? <laughs> I do. Um, and I often say to myself, I think he would be really proud of that. Like I know he would. And But I often say also, hmm, that's not something my dad would do. Uh, but, you know, that being said, I am spending a lot of time on what's going to happen after me. 
Let, let's stay with this. And by the way, let, can we thank our funders again at New Jersey Resources, Prager Metis, the accounting firm, and also RWJ Barnabas right. mm -hmm. Health and a whole range of others. And Check for out people our, on the radio, we'll remind, uh, we're talking to Michelle Adubato. Well, this is Michelle Adubato, the mm -hmm. CEO of the North Ward Center, celebrating its 50th anniversary in 2020. Go on our website, by the way, at uh, stand-deliver.com to check out more. But Michelle, let me jump right back into this. We have you for a couple more minutes. Leadership in the not-for-profit sector versus, hey, bottom line, got to make money, business world. Any different? Well, in this, in this uh, forum, in this climate that we're in, you better start you know, looking at your finances and understanding where all your funding stream is. So I wouldn't say it, it may be different in, not to in mention certain contexts. Absolutely. I mean, it's not easy to compete out there, as we've seen, like many nonprofits that just can't make it. And they rely, I've heard like, so where did this go? Oh, we had a grant one year, we don't have a grant. That's not the way the Northward Center works. So we are in, as we say, the business of social service. And that's certainly from our dad. Business. Absolutely. And, if, and what would if he say about a program that wasn't either bringing in money mm -hmm. or was failing financially? What would he say? Don't do it. Not for us. And I do um, have that same philosophy of if we can't help, uh, if this does not help us to sustain our central office or whatever we need to do, it's probably a wonderful thing. It's just not for us. Real quick, before I let you go, the Center for Autism, describe it and why it matters personally and professionally to you. Listen, running, first of all, running a nonprofit has always been, you know, my heart, you know, who I am. The Center for Autism is a culmination of everything about my profession and what I expect to do for uh, people and what we need to do for our community. Because unfortunately, in, in Newark, uh, there are no services, little to no services for uh, people with autism and their family. And literally, if we were not there, if we were not the foundation, there would be nothing there. But not only are we there, they're very aware of us and we're such a huge part of, the, of this community. And that community is part of who I am. It taught me, I can say that um, people with autism have taught me more about human nature than any other person, even, even with, uh, I would put my dad in that because they've taught me about humanity and they've taught me about integrity. You've been listening to Michelle Adubato and the person who clearly has taught her the most is sitting right here. It's, uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, thanks, Steve. It's me. <laughs> hey, stop fooling around. This is a serious podcast, video cast, could be heard, could be seen, and that's why we have the best leaders from anywhere in the tri-state area. Michelle Adubato, my little sister doing big things, the CEO of the Northward Center, also the founder, the head of the, the person who created the Center for Autism, celebrating 50th, anniversaries at, 50th anniversary at the Northward Center, an organization our dad founded in 1970 as a school teacher in Newark, making yep. less than no money. Trust me, we were the kids we knew. And he created this uh, organization because he had a dream and he wanted to help other people. You've done well. I'm proud of you. We're all proud of you. Thank you. Dad would be proud of you. This has been Lessons in Leadership. We'll take a quick break. I want to thank our funders again at RWJ Barnabas Health. Prager met us, the accounting firm. New Jersey Resources, a terrific energy company down, in, uh, the, down at the Jersey Shore. I'm Steve Adubato. That's Mary Gamba. This is Michelle Adubato, and we'll be right back. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is brought to you by Gibbons PC, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, New Jersey Resources, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825.
Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Adubato and my trusted colleague, Mary Gamba. We were just listening to uh, Michelle Adubato, the CEO of the North Ward Center, the founder of the Center for Autism. Your biggest takeaways? Uh, just really knowing the people on your team is a big part of leadership. Michelle talked a lot about she can't do it on her own, even though she would like to. We would all like to, right? We talk about you and I being micromanagers. If you want something right, do it yourself. But you cannot be an effective leader if you're going to rely on doing it all yourself. There's a couple other things that she mentioned. And again, I don't want to obsess over this whole thing of uh, the fact that our dad was the founder of the Northward Center and we learned leadership um, and about life from him, the things that were effective in our view and also the things that weren't not particularly effective. But I'm curious about this because we talk so much about that because our dad was such a public person and founded these organizations, was, was also a leader in the teachers uh, union in, in Newark, New Jersey, where we grew up. To what degree do you feel you've learned about leadership from your family? P.S. Do you separate leadership from life? Oh, those are two really powerful questions. So uh, That's what I do. I know. You do it well. So the first part, uh, as far as my family, uh, and you and I have talked about this before, we were sharing before about Little House on the Prairie, just the whole, my upbringing was very much the opposite of what you just talked about with your sister, Michelle. I joked in that show and called it, we lived in the dysfunctional house in Newark, yes, New Jersey. Go yes, ahead. and you and Michelle had uh, described how your dad had raised you. It was you volatile and, and crazy and dysfunctional yeah, and angry and no one listened. There was no yelling in my family growing up. There was zero yelling to the point that, um, almost to a fault, and my parents will say that today, because then when I did get out into the real world and things maybe didn't go the way that they were supposed to, there wasn't somebody there to say, it's going to be okay. Sometimes it's not as collegial as that if you do something wrong, um, whether at work or at school, uh, and just in life, frankly. So on the one hand, it was great because it taught me to be very empathetic and understanding, um, but it was a great upbringing in terms of just mm -hmm. overall, um, just knowing how to be sensitive toward others' feelings. Empathy. Yes, but thick skin, it did not give me a thick skin. Because that, that's why I want to talk about this. Um, again, these books, not a prop if you're actually watching us on video on Lessons in Leadership with Steve and Mary, but Crucial Conversations, Tools for Talking When the Stakes Are High. This is a wonderful book, New York Times bestseller. It's, it's on our leadership library, mm -hmm. which is on our website yes. at stand-deliver.com. Why do I mention this? Because I know we've talked about it before, but M Michelle and I talk about this a lot. We were raised, and it does have to do with leadership style, to confront everything virtually all the time. Translation, crucial and difficult conversations that a lot of people avoid because it makes them uncomfortable. Colin Powell told me, as you know in the book, mm -hmm. one of the great chapters is called Sometimes Great Leaders. Yeah, tend to piss people off. And sometimes it's because of these conversations. There's a question here, trust me. Did you have to learn to have, quote, crucial slash difficult, uncomfortable conversations? Mm -hmm. did you have to, as a leader, did you have to learn that? I had to learn how to um, have those conversations with others. But first, I needed to learn how to receive those conversations when someone was giving me that feedback, when somebody was saying that something that I did really wasn't as good. Well, I tried really hard. And we often hear that. And 
for me, I, it was a learned skill. I learned by reading. I learned by Googling, okay, how do I handle this conversation? Just last week, I had to Google how to handle a, a situation. Because did you really? I really did. Was that the one really we had did. at work or another No, one? it was totally another one. But it was, it was all about me. It but. was, no, I don't want to bring family into it. But it was, it was literally just how to deal when your son is disappointed after a game or after, because they weren't played or, We've been there. you know, because you think you're doing the right thing at work and leading others. And sometimes is it to say something? Is it to not say something? Is it, oh, I, 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 do you feel sorry for them? Do you empathize with them? Because you don't really know what it's like to be in their shoes. So I did a lot of reading, um, growing up and into adulthood in terms of having those conversations and more importantly, the consequences of not having those conversations for me was eye opening because if you don't have those conversations that are so hard, nothing's going to change. And by the way, I was mentioning this before, if you're watching us on the video side, this baseball, which isn't just a regular baseball, it is a little league baseball and it is signed by a bunch of kids. Oh, you're wondering what is this fun, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the last time I coached. Mm-hmm. Talk about leadership. Last time I coached our sons, not travel team because the stakes would be too high. Yeah. It was the rec team. And I remember, and all the kids signed it. And I remember you talk about, you know, a game doesn't turn out well, or he or she, we Mary and I have teenage boys, and we also have our daughter Olivia, who's nine. Those conversations have to take place because we are the parent. Mm-hmm. We have to have them. They're difficult. And with our kids, it's, sometimes it's not doing well in school, whatever. But here's what I'm going to. You and I had a conversation recently. It was a crucial and important conversation that we actually had talked about beforehand with a particular team member. And I remember you and I were talking about it and we said, beforehand, what's our goal? Let's play this out. And by the way, one of the great things about this book, Crucial Conversation Tools, which I use in, in our seminars and leadership, is that there are some things you can do. And one of them before it is to determine what exactly is your goal. To be honest and put it out there, you want to get to a certain place. Mm-hmm. How important is it to know going in, A, what your goal is, and B, if it's veering off, you and I talked before, and what do we do? Is that Am I over analyzing this? Not at all. Not at all. And in any situation, you need to, first of all, understand what the problem is, right? You need to list, say, this is as exactly we see what, it, as we see it. Which may not be as the other person sees it. Go exactly. Ahead. And then, as you said, come up with a goal. All right. At the end of this conversation, what I hope is this person is going to make sure to meet that deadline and without me reminding him or her to meet the deadline, just using an example. But then you, you also need to anticipate the pushback, the questions, the defensiveness, because human nature everyone's going to get very defensive. So don't assume Mm -hmm. in great leadership and communication, I'm going to say what I need to say, and the other person is going to be very receptive, Mm -hmm. and it's going to work out well. That would be nice, but that's not a strategy. No, that is not a strategy at all. And if anything, some people are actually really good at arguing, so you may may start (laughs) second-guessing yourself. And and you don't want to sit there humming, 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 and trying to figure out and be like, ooh, I never thought of it that way, or maybe they're right. And not that you need to be rigid, because that's not a good leadership style either, but you do need to have a roadmap going into the conversation of the if-then- what, where am I going to go with this? And then most importantly, at the end of that conversation, what are you going to agree to both of you to do next? And we put this in writing. Yes. Why? 
if you don't put it in writing, number one, time's going to pass and you're going to forget what happened. And then three months down the line, if a similar situation happens and you say, mm. remember a few months ago we were talking about this? I don't remember that. You have it in <laughs> writing. So it's not to play gotcha, but oftentimes it's to help me to remember, was it as bad as I thought it was? Mm. Is it really just because I don't really particularly enjoy being with that person? Is it the thing or is it the person? So you need to really analyze as a leader, is it the personality? Is it the person or is it the problem at hand? You know, I'm, I'm going to say something that I'm not even sure I'm supposed to be saying on the air on lessons in leadership. Again, thank our friends, mm -hmm. otherwise known as the people who sponsor what yes. we're doing at Prager Metis, New Jersey Resources, RWJ Barnabas Health, also the folks at Valley um, and the folks at Gibbons, PC, uh, local 825 operating engineers, sure. et cetera, et cetera. So let's do this. You said to me recently, in no uncertain terms, your quote, attitude mm -hmm. and level of patience mm -hmm. with Excuse making. Yes. Finger pointing. I'm holding up the book. Mary, tell everyone what I'm holding up. Extreme ownership. Which is, in fact, written by two Navy SEALs who said no excuses, no blame, no finger pointing. Mm -hmm. You said to me, Steve, maybe it's age, which clearly yep. is not your case because you're oh, so young. <laughs> you said, I, I'm, I don't have the, no, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not going to listen as long as I always have in the past. Yeah. What's going on with you? That's a great question. I, I don't think that I ignore when you said that. It no, this is, me. oh no. And this is actually a great thing to talk about because I am, I, I'm challenged. And if anyone's listening and they want to just chime in and send an email, they can do so. Uh, How can they do that? They could do that. They could reach me actually. Um, I'll even give out my personal email right here because it's probably the quickest way to get to me. It's marygamba at AOL.com. Shoot me an email because I would love some advice on this one. Mary's home address is? I'm yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my height and weight. And um, so, yeah, so uh, we were talking about this because I do. I feel like my empathy, like I have zero empathy. Your empathy, hold on. You just it's, started this show mm -mm. talking. Wait a minute. I said go I learned and, it. Go back and learn I what Mary said, said about learned. her family taught her about empathy. Go it ahead. It did. I learned it. And now it's done a complete 180. I have almost, I would say, zero empathy at this point in my life. And you could ask my husband. You can ask the kids. It's bad. But on the flip side, as a leader, it helps you to confront things in a much more effective way if you can go in and, and take out the emotion out of it. So in the situation that you and I were talking about. Which anyone out there is listening uh, or watching us, it's an employee who in a particular situation may not meet the level of performance that is expected mm -hmm. because that is what is expected to be great, as Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, says, mm -hmm. it, the performance, it's, it's an right. issue. And it could be, exactly, and anyone listening could be an has, incident. it could be anything. Go ahead. And, but taking empathy out of the equation helps you to be, and I don't want to say cold-hearted, but it helps you to see the issue at hand. It helps you to realize the consequences of not addressing that issue. Um, so for me, it was really just a matter of, I don't know if it's age or what, but I, I have less of an issue confronting problems because if you don't, the behavior is not going to change. And then you could teach others. We were talking before with your sister, Michelle. Michelle, check out Adibata. the earlier mm -hmm. version. It's Michelle Adubato, the CEO of the North Ward Center. Yep, absolutely. And we were talking to her just really about succession planning. And my goal, again, and as we all are getting older, is to really just help those that are newer to working with us grow within the organization. So when the time comes and the sun sets, then there's a whole other tribe of people there that can really help us out and keep that organization moving is forward. Is that our job? It is. And I, I think that across the board, you can name any organization, healthcare, banking, anything, finance, any type of business, you need to be training and coaching and mentoring. So this way, the next group can then take over where you left off. One of the things I want to touch on, 
and we will talk about it in a later program in more depth, but I am curious about this. This book is simply called Blind Spots. If you're looking on camera, you can see this. Blind Spots. I'm gonna open up the Pandora's box. You know where that comes from? Uh, the term blind spot? You know what's reference the, to? Is it the horses? So blind spots, we, we, Mary and I do this thing. We, we ask our clients, we do leadership seminars, we do executive coaching, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things I ask people to do is mm -hmm. the hub and spokes model. Would you yeah. describe what it is? Yeah, the hub and spokes. So really, if you are in business, again, any type of building relationships, you put yourself at the center. You're in the, the hub. hub. It's a circle. The draw hub. a circle, circle for yourself. Okay. If you're watching or listening, draw a circle. I'm yep. doing it right now. I'm putting on... Steve in the circle. Now, yes. what are the spokes? And then the spokes are almost like on a tire where you have the, um, the metal the bar, tire, the bicycle tire, the metal bars coming out. And then there's little bubbles on the side. And those little bubbles you could fill in whether it's your board members, whether it's your clients, your customers. It could be the media, depending your family. on family. It could be your family. Who are they? Stakeholders? Stakeholders, anybody that matters in your life. Anybody that either makes you a better person, brings in business, uh, if they are there to support you. It could be your attorney. It could be your accountant. It's people in your orbit that you need to make sure that you're constantly connecting with on a regular basis to keep everything moving forward. Including every person on your team. Mm -hmm, definitely. And that being said, the reason why blind spots got my attention. And again, it'll be on in our uh, leadership library mm -hmm. in the last minute we have on, the, on lessons in leadership. It's that I'm very focused on blind spots. Mm -hmm. And if you're not looking for where your spots, where you're clouded, or you don't see who you need to be dealing with, who you may not have connected with, who on your team you're losing track of, who in your orbit is not feeling the love, all of a sudden it's the last minute, late in the fourth quarter, and you're like, what do I do to fix this? And this whole concept of blind spots, and again, we'll talk about it in greater detail in another edition of Lessons in Leadership, really helps us stay on track. Yeah, no, That's absolutely. That's all I got. That's another edition of Lessons in Leadership funded by? It is funded by our friends at New Jersey Resources, Prager Metis, RWJ Barnabas Health, and many more. Valley Bank, as well as Local 825, the operating mm -hmm. engineers, so many others. I'm Steve Adubato. That is Mary Gamba. By the way, folks go on our website. What yep. is it again? Stan-Deliver.com. And they can follow us on Facebook at Steve Adubato, PhD. That's A-D-U-B-A-T-O. Thank you, folks. Steve and Mary, Lessons in Leadership. Catch you next time. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to Stan-Deliver.com. That's Stan-Deliver.com. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is brought to you by Gibbons PC, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, New Jersey Resources, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825.